It's the Duffin' Up Podcast. Alright, Duff Daddies and Duff Mamas, we have a very, very special guest on for you this evening. This man has over 70,000 TikTok followers, 4,000 Instagram followers, fantastic golf social media account. Absolutely love watching his stuff because he is the absolute, he is the Sultan of the Stinger, the man, co-founder of Golfing Outlaws with, the, with Center Cut Golf on mm-hmm. TikTok. Uh, and like I said before, absolutely fantastic player and a big uh, positive mental health advocate for the game of golf as well. We welcome on D-Raz himself, Daniel Rasmussen. Daniel, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for letting me join here. Absolutely. Is, First question. Dude, that we oh. we can't we can't pass over the thing that is just gonna notice and hopefully no one here watching it no doesn't notice this, but that mustache that is on your face is absolutely fantastic. I love the mustache. Oh I, I'm just lazy, that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> like this is maybe a week. That's pretty good. I think it's coming back, the mustache. Oh, it's coming. See this? This took 30 years. So don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. With the mustache looks fantastic. So Daniel, first, first official question, since Tim rudely interrupted me with uh, how great does your mustache look? <laughs> Have you ever hit a bad stinger in your entire life? And please tell me what was the what happened to make you hit a bad stinger? Because every video I've ever seen you hit, it just goes like a foot off the ground and it just goes. I've actually hit a lot of bad stingers. So the way that <laughs> the way that it works is when I do a lot of filming, it's either um, so if I'm on a hole, like a lot of times you'll see me at Hidden Greens, which is basically the my home course that I go to. And when I get up to you know a part four that I'm not gonna go for with driver, if I do end up hitting stinger, it's typically I'll record it. If the first or if the first hit's good, if it's not, I just go on and keep playing. So you guys basically only see the good ones, but there has been a lot of bad <laughs> that's ones how, too. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Second question: How great is your editing so that the bad ones even look good? No, <laughs> that is. It's oh, all about man. angles. That's all I'm going to tell you. If your angles oh. is right, a lot of people can't tell if it's a bad one or not. So. What's I your mean, favorite? What's your favorite club to hit a stinger with? two iron i got five or six of them five or six two irons yeah so when i when i first started playing golf i couldn't hit a driver to save my life okay and the weirdest thing ever is i picked up a two iron which was my first ever two iron was a nike cci and that was my first ever two iron and even in high school i didn't pick up a driver i just hit a two iron because i mean even back then i was hitting a two iron anywhere from 230 to 250 and if anybody knows anything about high school you're not playing long distances I mean you only really need that off the tee your max par four is probably what maybe 420 so it's still just an easy six seven iron into the green at that age or less and I mean this was also one of my 32 so it was also um, 13 years ago so clubs are different now too because I mean when I went into I don't know if you guys have seen my Nike three iron, that all black one that I have. I have. That That thing is silky, silky smooth. So that one, I went in to get that one bent down to a two iron. 
because it was that one and my CCI. And what they actually told me is my CCI is around 14 degrees. And I didn't even know that. And most two irons are 18-ish. So yeah, that shows you how different a lot of these clubs were and how they were made. Your CCI was basically a de-lofted three-wood uh, three almost. Like a, a low, much, yeah. low, or, or I guess even at that point, like at a 14, I mean, I've heard of like 12 and a half drivers, but I don't think I've ever heard of four. So you were basically hitting a, a D lofted. That's unbelievable. You mu- That yeah. thing must have just went like. Oh. oh, yeah, it does. I mean, it probably gets maybe at max 60, 70 feet off the ground. Man. And it just flies and rolls. So it'll carry probably 200 to 220 max, but it rolls. So if it's not wet out, then it's just going to keep rolling, which is why I still have it and keep it. So, Third question. Have you heard of Lynx Golf? Because that sounds like the absolute, like, do you just want to play in the Open Championship next year? Because yeah, that I, wish. Sounds, <laughs> I love that sounds golf. like the perfect way to play Lynx Golf right there. I am so jealous. I have the highest and and Timmy and uh, well Mike can approve Mike Mike knows I have the world's highest ball flight and it goes good <laughs> on my driver but I it goes high and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like my favorite course in the world is St Andrews and if I ever tried to play it it would go like 50 yards and just the wind would just be like okay it's coming back so <laughs> I would love to have that type of 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 game right there that sound that sounds so much fun to play. Yeah, and uh, in Minnesota, we have a lot of hybrid courses. So we have a lot of like links style, not actual mm-hmm. links, but link style where there's not gonna be a lot of trees, you're still gonna have a lot of fescue, but it's not as hard and rolling like normal true links are. And then like the back nine or the front nine is going to be your traditional, you know, trees everywhere, rough, that kind of style. So we have a lot of hybrids around here. That's awesome. Yeah. A, a couple of our buddies, um, actually they run a golf. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of safe park golf or the safe park golf podcast guys, uh, Derek and Dominic, but they're also from Minnesota and okay. they, and they, they really, uh, they talk about it. I, I want to get it from, from your side as well. So I asked them why out of like most Midwestern States for golf, Minnesota gets the least amount of love. And they said, because it's a frozen tundra six months of the year and that and that's why but i mean with the 3m open and 3m and in the twin cities like hazeltine is right like why do you think it is that like there's not more um i guess like recognition for minnesota golf and the great minnesota courses when you are right next to wisconsin and that's all anyone ever talks about when they go to the midwest is how great wisconsin courses are I think it's just because Wisconsin has more top 100 public courses. I mean, we have a lot of great courses, but they're all up north. A lot of them are going to be up in the Duluth area when you're getting more towards um, Canada's side. So where I'm at is, let's just say the Twin Cities. So Duluth is Mm -hmm. about two hours, two and a half hours north of me. Gotcha. And that's where you're going to get a lot more just because inside the cities, if it's not an actual private course or semi-private, it's going to get a lot of wear and tear just from what COVID has done. 
just because when that happened, I mean, these courses were jumping all over everything. They were trying to push out as many people as they can. They're sending people out front and back at the same time, just a, a little bit different so they could get as much play as they could. But I mean, a lot of our courses, the nicer ones, I would say, are up north. And typically you can only play on those probably five months out of the year. I mean, things are starting to change just because we're not getting terrible winters anymore. Um, lately, it's just been a lot of wind and cold instead of a lot of snow. I mean, the past two, three years, I think my latest rounds have been end of November, uh, middle of December, where I'm just in a quarter zip and pants playing tournaments. So. I mean, we're getting later and later, but it's just because of actual winters. What's your like temperature, you know, cut line? I'm, I'm not going out. It's, it's just 15 degrees. Is there one? one? Love it. I don't have one. No. That is the true Minnesotan right there. That is an unbelievable answer. I love that. No, being in Minnesota, you can't really have one. Like a lot of people do. Um, but like I said, we only get seven or six months, eight months out of the year to play. So you can't really have a town. My biggest thing though is wind. I absolutely hate that's wind. what I was gonna say. I was gonna say if it's windy, that's the worst. Yeah, because I mean, if if it's like forty degrees and twenty mile per hour winds, you'll see me bundled up for yeah. sure. A lot of times, I'll be I'll be like, mm, maybe I'll go out, maybe I won't. But if it's twenty, if it's fifteen and twenty degrees and twenty mile per hour winds, I think. Most courses might be closed. So it all depends Mm. on um, if the ground's frozen or not, which is really weird too, because sometimes the ground will freeze and a week later we'll get a huge, um, I guess, hotspot that comes through and they'll reopen up the courses. Excuse me. So as long as there's not a lot of snow and a lot um, and the ground doesn't get frozen too far down, I guess, they'll allow people back on the play. So teach me something you kept saying Duluth uh the town of Duluth in Minnesota is there any correlation to the Duluth trading company the I mean it's it's clothes made for the nitty-gritty person who works outside in the winter I want to say it's it's the home birthplace of it if I'm not mistaken because there's two Duluths there's a Duluth Georgia and there's a Duluth Minnesota and the one that you're talking about I'm pretty sure is Duluth Minnesota I mean, it would make so much sense if, if that oh, yeah. originally. But, it, I mean, it's pretty much right on Lake Superior, which is right on the border of, I guess, Wisconsin and Minnesota at the same time. And then you're probably maybe, depending on the route that you go, two hours, two and a half hours north of Canada, and you're touching Canada border. But that's pretty much where all the fishing is, all of our cabins are. That's where we have a lot of the our top. I think we have three or four top public courses on the top 100 and they're all, all up North. So like Madden's, um, actually I think there's two of Madden's up there. I can't think of another one, but they're all like resort cabin courses where they have 18 and 36. There might be one that has 54 holes on the resort too, but yeah, they're all up there. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Hey, People listen to Duff and a podcast. We're not just about golf. Last week, we talked about cakes and pies. This week, we're talking about Duluth Trading Company. Duluth Trading Company is, a, yeah, it's in Duluth, Minnesota. 999 Google reviews, 4.5 stars. Wow. Place is killing it. 
<laughs> they're made for men like me too they got the stretchiness like it's wonderful oh it's well, absolutely fantastic stuff i mean that's where a lot of our number one fishing is too is up north where all those guys are at plus i think there's a lot of there used to be a lot of rail um railroad lines and trains and that kind of stuff so a lot of workers up there will use it are you a fisher yeah are you a fisherman yeah so my instagram channel actually used to be a fishing channel Come on. So I went to school in uh, Iowa. And so when I went there, it, weirdly enough, I took nine years off of golf. So I went to school on a soccer scholarship. And then at school, we actually had a golf course on campus, but I probably used it maybe twice. I did more fishing and that's where I actually learned how to hunt too in Iowa. So there was it one of the big Iowa schools or was it like? Or was it Drake or or what? No, was have you heard of Luther College? I have not. I have okay, not, unfortunately. It's close. So Luther is close to Drake. The only okay. reason why I say Luther is because we're a, a smaller D two private college. Gotcha. So I always say Luther, and then I always say we're um, forty five minutes south of Luther. It's called Upper Iowa University. Gotcha. It's basically a sports school. So okay. I would say fifty five. 55% of the popular students there are athletes. And then the rest are going to be either um, international or like agriculture and farming. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, we, we know uh, uh, Mike, uh, Mike and Tim are both big Providence College fans and, and they know Drake as a former, former PC uh, basketball coach. Keno Davis came from Drake yeah. before he went to, uh, so, so we know that they don't, they don't like Drake very, they don't like Drake too much because Keno Davis was a horrendous coach, but he's still <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, so I think for, you know, we, we talked about stinger season, which is my favorite season watching all of your, um, watching all of your videos. But one thing I did want to talk about is, is the, but when it's the winter time and you're, and you're, you're at the driving range and it's in the bubble, is that like, very, I'm guessing it's very common in Minnesota, but what is it like kind of hitting what 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 is it like kind of being in like that bubble like do you ever get nervous if like you hit like a really high shot you're gonna hit the roof like if you go too far could you put a hole in in the bubble or is it just kind of like a normal driving range where it's just it's too cold to be outside so we're inside playing golf now think think of it more like um have you ever got or have you guys ever played like baseball in a dome uh i have not no but i've, I've nice. been this i've been to baseball in a dome before, okay but yeah um it's kind of i'm trying to think of the best way to describe it it's like hard pvc like rubber or what that plastic is yeah so that's pretty much what the dome is filled up and then it's air that just keeps it obviously from falling or collapsing on us gotcha but so when i'm hitting out um there's actually a huge net kind of like what you guys would hit like say in your garage those nets mm -hmm. it's the same type of thing but it's just stretched out farther so that it will i guess slow down the ball and keep it from you know the possibility of puncturing um if you hit the roof it really doesn't matter it just kind of glances and shoots it back towards the back of it anyways even if you gotcha. hit the sides it's kind of the same thing it's deadening on the sides and pushes it back towards the, the back of the dome Brandon, you know, every the roof, like all this stinger talk, like he, know, he ain't hitting no roof, you know, <laughs> actually there's sometimes that I do. I'll, I'll, so 
I'll take my wedge, um, my 56, my 60, and I'll, there's like lines on the top of the roof, like little square sections. And we'll see how close we can get like towards ourselves. So see how quickly we can get the ball up and actually hit the roof. Or sometimes what we'll do is we'll have flop, um, flop shot challenges too, to see how close we can actually get to the roof and only land it, you know, like 20, 30 yards from us. Cause it, cause it's not actually, it's not really tall and it's not really that long. It's only 62 yards long, I would say. And the height wise, I would probably say, honestly, almost the same. Cause there's two levels up there, but as soon as you got on the second level, you can hit the top of the roof with like a seven iron, almost pretty easy. Is this like a company that builds these specific to like the colder climates? Is this a top golf, not a top golf? I, no, it's not top golf. I honestly couldn't tell you. There's only two of them in Minnesota that I know of that are those domes. Um, this one is now family owned. I don't know if they bought it out or always been in the same family. But yeah, there's only two of them that I know of. One is right by me, and the other one is, well, I don't know. I want to say like Prior Lake or farther out west, kind of more towards Top Golf. We've always been fighting on this podcast for some type of outdoor hitting bay in the in the winter time. We got a, we got a lot of more small like inside simulator like stuff popping up where you're. Hitting. Where are you guys at again? Like we're in mass so we're in new england so i'm in massachusetts and and mike and tim are both in rhode island so very similar i think we get eight months instead of instead of the six months like you were talking about but yeah when the winter comes around uh no no golf no golf up here unfortunately. Yeah. you guys get a lot more lake effect though than we do we really it's kind of probably been similar to you like it hasn't been that bad lately so uh-huh. even timmy i mean i know we've gotten out like in december or january when it's i mean sometimes it's cold but we as long as it's not windy and no snow we'll we'll get out um but brian just sent me a tiktok today that they're like planning to build like these hotels where off your back patio is like a top golf like those are in the works like imagine staying at a hotel like for a weekend and being able to walk to your back patio and hit into a, a top golf type setting. That'd be dope. And it's just going to be like top golf is now though. There's going to be none up here. There's going to be like 70 in Arizona. It's like, I can't, I can't buy so many plane tickets to Arizona just to go to a top golf. Damn it. If you get a room when you buy the golf top golf down there. That's true. That is true. I would say top oh. golf has expanded a lot in the last two years. They opened up, I think 15 new top golfs in the last two years. But that's Crazy. that's worldwide. That's China, Mexico. Um, those are the international ones that I know. But they've also mm-hmm. opened up some. I want to say Washington. They opened up two more in California. They're starting to expand to spots where they, you know, you guys won't see them too often. So hopefully they get on the East Coast sometime soon. Yeah. So what they've been doing here a lot is doing like, if there's a bar, so like banners at the garden, like they have like three or four, like the, the sim, the top golf sim rooms. So like they've started to do that, which is cool, but it's like, it's not, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. <laughs> no one can, no one can tell me it's the same, but it, it, it's at least something, you know what I mean? Where like, we yeah. didn't like growing up. I mean, there were no, the, the only simulator you could ever go to was like a golf store where they were doing like fittings and stuff like that. But 
you know, making it much more social and, and it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I give those guys all the credit. I mean, now there's a couple mm-hmm. copycats here and there too, where it's just, uh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still thinking about that top golf at the back of your balcony in a hotel. I mean, you, when you go to a place, you need a place to stay. So you book a hotel room there, you wake up before you right. you book rounds, you know, whatever, 18, 27, 36 of the day, you wake up in the morning, you hit a bucket of balls off of the roof. You're ready to go, ready to go tea time. Then you come back and try to fix whatever you couldn't do on the golf course. I mean, holy spamoni, that is fantastic. Who came up there's, with that? There's some, uh, some ideas I've been thinking about. Me and my buddy might end up starting something kind of like that, but it's not an actual hotel that you stay at, but some 24 hour like simulators slash outdoor simulators for here in Minnesota, where it's kind of, obviously during the winter months, you, it's going to be the normal simulator where it's indoors. You'll have the top tracer and then yeah. kind of during summer where you can open it up and still hit outside or have, um, we'll have a top deck patio too, where you can just hit off like top golf. That so can parlay some food and beverage with that. That's, that's a good idea. Room service. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, it'd be sweet. That's oh awesome. man, that's that, that sounds awesome. Uh, so Dan, um, I that's kind of a, a good transition to the next uh, part. I mean, I see behind you, you have a whiteboard with some graduated cylinders on there. You know, from like chemistry class, uh, where you you know you work up to a goal and you fill in the little uh, the colors. What are those goals back there? You know, what are your goals with you know TikTok and golf and um, you know talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I actually, I started that board when I started TikTok, okay. and I actually wasn't even going to start TikTok at all. Um, one of my buddies said, dude, you have to, with how much you're posting on Instagram, just try it out, try it out for, you know, like a month or two and see if you like it. And honestly, I got addicted, not to just the fact of TikTok, just because I like making videos, though. I've always liked making videos of that sort, whether it was fishing or playing golf and that whatnot and I got I just have an addictive personality let's just put it that way so then when I try to figure out like why is this not working like I would spend so much time on one video I'm like this is actually a good video like why isn't it get more views and stuff like that and then I notice a crappy video that I just throw out is getting three times as many views as this one so now I'm thinking ah crap I gotta figure out what the algorithm algorithm is and so I just kept going on with that part and so my goals were basically just um just to see kind of how quickly I could get as high as I wanted to um because I started off with Instagram first like I mentioned that was mainly fishing then I um I jumped onto YouTube I think it was 2020 when I started that and I was like I want to switch everything over to golf. I want to start just focus on golf, mainly with pictures and videography and just go from there and see where where it can take me. And once COVID hit, super hard to do YouTube videos just because at that point they didn't have shorts. So it was was just hard to get a full 18 or even three holes in just to do a quick, you know, short video just because of how packed and everything was. And I wasn't always with my buddies at the same time. So it's just hard to do a lot of the filming. So that's why I really got kind of addicted to TikTok and jumped onto that because 
it was easy. Kind of was the next vine, figure out, okay, how can I do numbers here? And then, so I started creating goals for, I think originally when I started, it was like 500 followers, then like a thousand and like 1500 and just kind of did short goals that way. And it was, I think, June of 2021 is when my first video went viral. So there's one video on my page that talks about just my ball placements at that time when I started golf back up again. That one hit 3.6 million in, I think, like two days, three days. And that's when I saw the growth like really take off with followers. So then I was like, all right, we got to change this goal. I know I can hit certain ones. So I switched it from like 500 to 2,500 to now I want 100K followers on TikTok. I wanted 10K on Instagram and then obviously 1,000 on YouTube because that's what companies really actually look for. When you have those numbers, one, you can start making money on there and two, companies look at that and like, okay, he's got some following, he's got some presence where, you know, we can start making known with different products. Mm. And so that's when I really jumped into and started making goals from what you can see on there. So the one on the left side is my TikTok one where um, I think it took me nine months to reach 10,000 followers. And then it took me another six months to gain another 50,000. It's crazy. It's crazy what TikTok can do. It's like, and I know what you're talking about with the videos. Like I'll do like a one minute, like today, for example, I'll do a one minute video on like why with the PGA tour stuff, like why it was like, what explaining it, what I like about it, what I don't gets like 200 views. Then I do a Tiger Woods video and it gets 800,000 views. And I'm like, okay, I guess you want the 10 second Tiger Woods videos. <laughs> like, we'll just keep doing that. People that from what I found out, they will really pick and choose. So if your video is longer than like 15 seconds, it's got to be like an informational video. So it's got to be like how to hit a um, draw, how to fix a slice, where your ball positions, um, what are the best putters for you? Like that kind of stuff, if it's going to be longer, but if it's not, then it's got to be something short and quick and hope to God that you grab them within like the two, first two seconds. Otherwise, you're going to see everything go down. Because I don't know if you guys have looked at it. I hope you have. But when you click on your video, you can go to like the more data and everything like mm -hmm. that. Pay attention to all that and just see how quickly viewers drop off. And then just kind of look at that video and be like, okay, why did they drop off? Oh, that's why. Because it took too long to get to like the hook part or took too long to get to what I actually really wanted to talk to them about. So that's gonna speak a lot of volume. Also, the other one is if you go to, I can't remember if they switched or not. It's like, it might be followers and then go all the way down the bottom. You'll see when your followers are on the most mm -hmm. kind of stick around that time. I normally post between 10 and 12 and probably four and six just because i'm central so if i post at 10 i'm gonna hit east coast and west coast all within about the same time yeah. because if i post that well let's just say i post at 11 i'm gonna hit you guys at noon when a lot of people are getting off or taking lunch breaks 10 o'clock is probably when a lot of um west coast people are 
kind of getting up like our younger generation is or that's probably when they're first taking their coffee break too and then 11 is just typically around when people here take lunch too so between that 11 and 12 Hmm. and then same thing at night um four o'clock here is going to hit you know when people are getting off work at on the east coast time if you push it to five o'clock it's about the same so between that four and six o'clock people are getting off they're typically checking their phones so i like it very smart i like that okay i gotta yeah no i i need to to look back at that definitely and and realize where to uh where to do where to do my videos at but that 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 actually makes perfect sense um that's genius geez um yeah so i know um kind of want to talk to you a little bit about too because i actually didn't know that part of it um you said you took nine years off from from golf and you you know were pursuing other interests what what made you decide what what got you back what 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 happened when the bug bit you back how did how did that occur um well let's just put it this way when i first started playing golf it was my buddy or I had two buddies that kind of got me into it. And then watching Tiger Woods play is when it really got me addicted and started playing. Oh yeah. And when I took nine years off, it was pretty much the exact same thing because I started playing again in 18 when my buddy told me, Hey, you know, let's try it again. Let's try. Um, what did I jump on the golf channel amateur tour? So I, I was playing a bunch of those tournaments and then it wasn't doing so well just because obviously it's my first year back nine years out of competition. Obviously everybody knows competition is a lot, a lot different play. Um, but then once I saw Tiger Woods win the masters again in 19, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Let's go. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no time to just mess around and play. We got to get back into this. Like, this is the reason why we started. Um, Plus, there was also just some personal issues, too, that I was going through at the same time, which is kind of the whole reason why mental health is another big thing and why it plays a huge factor into golf and what I do. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for all of us, like growing up when we did, because I'm I'm 30, Mike's Mike's going Mike's you're 30 and then Tim's 29. Like we were right. We were prime tiger years like we mm-hmm. were right there like he was coming up we were we were younger everyone was getting into it his first masters win it unbelievable and like you know me being like a little kid and and you're able to watch that and then i was a lefty so i also was a big phil guy phil kid growing up too and i i don't think i you were a big phil guy you were a big phil guy like four months ago (laughs) yeah until like six months ago i was um i'll just let that fly (laughs) can't help it when you're a lefty there's so few of us it was like phil and mike weir and he, that's was he was the only thing good about it. phil is his um short game that's about the only thing good about phil otherwise his, his win at uh kiowa though i mean he was like starting it he just yeah whatever <laughs> i know it's sad it's sad it's sad but uh but hey he got 200 million dollars from live so you know what i'm not and his gambling addiction hopefully is gone <laughs> probably not <laughs> no it's not it shouldn't be i mean with 
how much money he's pulling. Now he's got a now he's got a two hundred million dollars more to put to put on the ponies and uh, and and hit hit the line. So yeah, and I I I love your listening to that story about you know you started like with simple goals and like you seem like you know a grinder like seem like a guy who wouldn't take the easy way out like ever. I I love listening to you know your story and uh, do do you grind that way on the golf course too? Like are you you know, like, I mean, obviously you've played in some big time events. Um, like what, what's your approach on the golf course? Like you just, how do you dial in? Um, it's honestly, it's changed a lot over the years, just because when you first start off, you think you're supposed to be a lot better than you really are. And when you watch you, when you watch, you think like you should be like, it should be easy. And especially even, when you watch Tiger Woods growing up. <laughs> yeah. And even even after you play for a while too, you start getting such high expectations that you realize are pretty much impossible at the same time. Cause what you're thinking is the PGA tour players are actually doing this as well. And 90% of the time they're not. Like when you're from, you know, 100 to 120 yards, you're expecting to put that ball within five feet, 10 feet every time. The tour average isn't even that high from 100, you know, 100 to 120. They're just only really showing you the top shots every single right. time when they're on right. the TV. You're, you're so right. I saw I something mean, on Twitter today, like from 100 yards out, like if you're a scratch, you're making bogey like 10 times more than you're making birdie or something like mm-hmm. that. From 150 yards out, if I remember right, I think the tour average is about 15 feet. That's crazy. We're expecting to put it every single time. We're thinking we're going to put it in 10 feet every time. And tour averages 15. And those guys are probably 10 times as better as us just because their misses are a lot less terrible than ours let's put it that way because <laughs> they got a caddy because they got a caddy right no right yeah <laughs> and they got uh you know i mean i hit at 150 i'm hitting probably either my eight or my nine iron like freaking nowadays like you got will zalatoris who's a, a sk- this one of the skinniest humans i've ever seen in my life and he goes out and and at 150 he takes out like a 52 degree wedge and i'm like how how is this possible how is this possible like i don't understand how flexibility a A lot of people don't understand that you don't really need a lot of muscle it comes down to flexibility and how fast you can deliver that club at the bottom of your swing because from from your takeaway to about halfway down everybody's the same but it's how quick you can get it from that last third or quarter to the ball yeah that's the difference Cause I mean, if you look wow. at center cut, center cut's not skinny, like he'll mid it, but that dude is flexible as all hell. And his average, um, club head speed, I want to say is about 124, 125. And people don't realize that, but it's because he's flexible. He can deliver that club, the last third of it faster than a lot of people can. So what you're saying is instead of doing weight training, I should get in the Pilates room and make sure that like my body can go in like 17,000 different ways. Well, I mean, both. You got to also be able to deliver the club fast too. <laughs> right. Now let's just work on the stinger and getting the ball flight a little lower. I was, you're, he's a like, Dan, would you agree that hitting a stinger, it's easier to draw it? Like, 
you're more likely to keep it lower if you draw it than fade it or because no. Brendan no it doesn't matter 90% of the time most players are at, well depending on how you hit yours yeah but a lot of players are probably gonna cut it more than anything can you keep it lower drawing it you think mm, it depends because i mean spin. if you guys have seen some of my escapes those are all cuts if i have to draw the ball i'm not hitting a stinner i can tell you that right now yeah i will either try to figure out a different route or see if i can put it through an even smaller gap to hit a fade just because I know my miss is going to be right. I can draw the ball with the stinner, but I don't have 100% confidence that I can. Gotcha. It's just, that, Mike? Score one for the cuts. Score one for the baby cuts. That's all that I'm, matters. Again, though, it's just, it all depends on... Um, I want Brennan... It, it all depends on how you deliver the club, though. Because with me, obviously, to hit a stinner, you have to be steep. And what yeah. is steep? Steep means it's obviously the club face is going to be a lot open, which is why you have to swing more left. So if you see me a lot, of, I'm trying to get out of it now from going very slow on my takeaway. But the reason why I go very slow on my takeaway is because I actually close the club face on my takeaway and I want to make sure it gets to a, um, a certain degree when I actually close it before I go to the top. Just because when I get there, I know I don't have to do anything else and I just deliver it that way. Right, right. So if I get a little too quick with the hands, it's right. going to come out left or I might get a little push draw. So that's interesting with the, your hands, you're coming a little left and you're leaving your club face open with the stinger. That's, that's interesting to me. Not really, because I mean, you're hitting left anyways. So a stinger, think about right. it. If the club face is always open, because of how steep you are, you have to swing more left. Because if you don't, you're always going to hit it farther right than you think, okay. just because of how steep it is. Mm -hmm. Because your hands are so. What I learned from, I think it's Toddy or Trotty, Toddy from Taylor May, the main fitter guy mm -hmm. um, who does all the lessons. So he basically said it this way. So think of it this way: if your hands are here, your club face only has to get to there too. But if your hands are forward, you have to literally there's a delay between the club face getting to the ball to where your hands are. But if, if it's the other way, so say your hands are behind the ball, it takes less time for the club face to square up than it would in front. So that's why with the stinner, you have, because you're trying to basically yeah, drag, like drag. hit down and keep it as low as possible. So it's going to take longer time for that club face to close, which is the whole reason why I do close the club face at the beginning. Because otherwise, yeah, there's it's taken me a very long time to realize how I hit it. Because I mean, for the longest time, I couldn't keep them low. Otherwise, it would basically be a little chili dipper going right every single time for the same exact reason. But just like you guys, I would start it off at the back just to get that feeling. Mm -hmm. But then I would tee it up as I move forward just to get a little bit more because like I said, if you have it too far back and you're hitting so far down, a lot of times you're pinching it and it's just going to come out weird. Yeah. That's why I would tee it up at the same time too, just to get the natural feeling of hitting and releasing through. I like that. Dude, I, I like the Morikawa. I like the, the, the slower Morikawa backswing. I've been trying to do that now too. I don't know. 
I don't, I mean, I don't twist, I don't, I'm not doing like the little, the little twist in there, but like, I just feel like I have a little bit more control. So I, I think, I think the more, I think the slower backswing up top is great. I just want, plan, but if you don't, if you don't pause enough at the top, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> That's so I've, done it. I've done it for so long that sometimes it can be a little messy. So you I got want, like the little Hideki Matsuyama pause, or is it the Sun JM pause, or or what do you what are you doing on no, that side? I don't. Um, let's see if I can. I might have a video where I can just pull it up and show you. It's basically as soon as I get to the top, mm -hmm. I'll get to a certain spot. You'll see my both my legs will drop. I'll basically do a squat, and that's my pause and then i start mm. to accelerate through interesting i like that because i mean probably why you hit the stinger so well <laughs> it's all, yeah i mean i'm a, also a smaller guy that's the only way we can actually hit the ball farther is by using the ground because <laughs> if we don't use the ground it's not going far at all i want brandon to get in his whatever backyard driving range i want him to try to hit the biggest of draws just flipping that wrist coming inside to out just I want to, because you hit a lot of left, you're, you're a lefty, so a lot of right to lefters. But he hates my cut. He you hates hit, my cut. You can hit it a far away. It's like, dude, I'm like, dude, you have so much room right. Like, you're still aiming middle, maybe left side of the fairway, and it goes, and this is the other day at Hazleton. I'm like, you know, we can, we can pull it, but we're, 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 we're working in progress here. I have the same character flaws, too. You don't know how you can... Uh... You can flip it a little bit, go into the left, put the ball a little bit farther back in your stance. Hmm. So we, so think about it. It's it's the exact same way. So because the ball is back, so don't put it too far back, but put it like maybe half a ball to a ball back. Interesting. Again, it's less time for the club to actually have to square up, so it's easier to flip your hands to get it to go right to left. You go forward, it's easier to hit the cut because it's taking longer for that club face to get there. Love it. I, love I like it. it. So it might yeah. help you. Listen, Otherwise, right, I might have just destroyed your game. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do 90s. <laughs> well, Timmy, Timmy's we'll going to go. Timmy's we'll going go. Timmy's going first on, on all 200-plus yard shots. So, Brennan, when Timmy bombs one in the middle, I want you trying that. <laughs> I will. I will, I promise. Well, I'm gonna tell you, ball in the back of your stance, and you're gonna you're gonna be great. Look at the wrist. Look Watch, at the wrist. This, this is where you're gonna have like four shanks in a row, and then you're gonna <laughs> oh, come yeah. back and be like, we're never inviting him again. <laughs> four man scramble. I mean, if we can't get it together, we'll be well. Oh man. Oh geez. <laughs> Damn it, Mom. Just leave me and my cut alone. That's all I want. I'm sorry. You're just not you're not open minded, you know. Sometimes, like don't worry about it. All I do is play cuts. All I do is play cuts. It's only because I I can control a cut better than I can control a draw. Because I mean, if I try to draw the ball, I overcook it, and sometimes it turns into a duck hook. Because the only two clubs that I can hit a draw with on command is my three wood and my five wood. Yeah, three wood and five iron. Only two clubs. I, I don't know. Like, it's not, it's not a bubble Watson banana cut either. Like it's not going like all the way to the right and then coming all the way back to the left. Like 
it's just a little, it's a little cut. It's a little. No, I'm I'm just joking with you, but I just think I know. I did. I I like playing a cut too. Like if I had to get a, around a course in under a hundred, like or I'd someone shoot me, like I'd I'd have to play a cut because like, but I feel like when you learn how to play a draw, like you can hit the ball as as far as you possibly can, like. And I don't mm-hmm. know. Sometimes that's fun. you. W- yeah, I mean, you will get a lot more roll out from draws, but I mean, there's sometimes Kyle will hit cuts and he'll still outdrive everybody. I mean, <laughs> that dude's just an, a freak of nature. But I mean, there's a lot of times I've seen him win off of cuts instead of draws. It just it all depends what you're comfortable with. The ball far, so like to keep up, you gotta like figure out. All right, this is it. This now we're trying to hit a draw this time. <laughs> we gotta outdraw. We gotta. We gotta. He may win the carry, but we gotta have the roll. So we're gonna try and hit a draw. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so I, I know, Daniel, you talked about mental health being such a positive impact with with golf, and um, I know last week on on August fifteenth, you ended up doing seventy two holes for. And if I'm saying the charity wrong. 72 holes for NAMI, correct? Is, is that the name of the charity? So yeah. I, I'd love to hear kind of the back, how you got involved with them. What was the backstory? I know this was the second year that you did it. So, so would love, love to hear kind of what made you decide to do this? How did you get involved with the group and, and everything along those lines? 72 holes in a day? Yeah, walking. Walking, yeah. I get tired after 18. So 72, I, my, my, the calves would have been yelping no caddy no no caddy how's the back no i use a push card that's about it that's smart otherwise yeah back would otherwise i probably would have done a sunday golf bag for the first two rounds and probably a normal bag afterwards or vice versa normal bag and then a sunday bag but no this year actually i was less tired the next day than i was the year before the year before it took me a full day and a half to recover this year, I actually almost went out the next day and played golf. <laughs> but um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Um, I mean, like I mentioned before, just there's a lot of I guess personal things that kind of has played a role. But I mean, everybody that plays golf can agree this: what is the number one sport that most likely relates to life itself? Well. There's not, oh, a, yeah, there's not another sport in life that relates directly to life. You're going to fail 95% of the time in golf. That's why. <laughs> exactly. Like there's, well, I mean, there's so many different things that you can talk about. I mean, think about this. You play the same course. You can play it exactly the same way five days in a row and have a different outcome each one of those five days. Like how many times have we tried the exact same thing over and over time and still come out with a different outcome? And it's never the one that we want. Like there's so many different things that we can put golf into our lives and just go from there. And plus how big of a mental issue, well, I shouldn't say issue, but how big of, how I should, let's see, let's change that. How many golfers are huge mental heads? Like, let's be real. We are all, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Superstitious. And there's certain ways that we have to do it. And we always expect this way. We lose our temper very quickly on certain things. Like 
Chaotic. Golf I mean, crazy. Look, look at Tiger. Look at Tiger Woods. Like he had it so in control on the golf course. And you, like you have to be. I mean, and off the course, like obviously things were. Obviously, he thought they probably were in control for the time he was being able to get away with stuff. But like stuff blows up. Like I yeah. just golf too. Like like what you're saying, it teaches you a lot of good stuff like in the scoring and being alone like being like a lot of times like accountable for you know adding up strokes or you know playing the right way like treating people the right way so I totally agree Mm -hmm. well one of the biggest things um I mean speaking of Tiger one of the there I mean there's a lot of things that I take away from when I hear him speak all the time but one of the biggest things is you have to stay in the moment Golf is the quickest roller coaster ride you will ever have, which is just like life. Like there's a lot of times where one thing will happen. And if you're going to sit there and dwell on that one thing, it's going to affect your next shot, which is just like life. If you sit there and you dwell on this one thing, how is it going to affect the next outcome that you're trying to get to? Is it going to take you longer? Are you going to get over it? Have you learned from it? Do you know what to do now? That's why when he goes, you have to live in the moment because golf is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in the matter of seconds. Cause you can hit one of the best shots of your life and still have one of the worst turnouts. Absolutely. Which I mean, that's just life in general. You, you're thinking, okay, like what, this is going to go completely right. And you get it it's a day of and just absolutely disaster because of like one thing, like that's how quickly golf can turn and that's how life is as well and you know going through the personal things that I did and having family members and friends who've gone through certain issues like that and still battling things um my love of golf and what I've learned and having that you know background with friends and family I was like there's no better way and plus you guys know as a society we don't care about mental health we never have it's a multi-trillion dollar industry. Like they don't care. They just want to prescribe us drugs and keep the money coming and keep it flowing. They don't want to, they don't really talk about it because it's not an issue to them. It's more of, let's just prescribe them something, get them keep coming back. And hopefully that works. It's not, let's actually talk about it. Let's make this an actual like universal, I guess, healthcare or make therapy free for everybody because everybody needs it. Like everybody goes through something and sometimes we just can't get over it. And as a society, especially men in general, we're not taught to talk about stuff, which affects so many different parts of our lives. We're just taught to, you know, suck it up and keep going on and on. And there's so much stuff that we deal with on a regular basis. It's like, who are we supposed to talk to? And I know a lot of people that they don't talk to and they end up losing their life because of it. And so that's why just even the slightest things that I do, I just hope that maybe one person, it helps. Because as long as we can help one person every single time, I did my job. Like I feel great about what I did. Yeah, no. And that, that, you know, that sounds, honestly, that sounds amazing. And it, and it is true. I mean, I think it's so much better now. And I think the generation after us will completely benefit from it. But 
I mean, growing up, I know you grew up in the night, like we grew up in the nineties, early two thousands. Like that was like, we were the last barrier of like, no one cares, dude, go back. Like no one cares, bring your pail, like bring your lunch pail, do your job. No one can like you're, it, it's crazy how much it's changed for the better with mental health, both in workplace life, uh, you know, out, you know, social life, everything like that. But I, I, I can't stress that enough, like how much all of us have gone through that. And, you know, you mentioned it as well with like your own in your own life as well, like going through different personal struggles and being able to talk about it is so important. And I think a release, even though I'm sure, and Mike knows it and Tim knows it, I will get so mad out on the golf course by myself, but afterwards, no matter what, I'm always like, I still had fun today. I still had a good time talking with my friends, playing golf. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that also relates to life where you may have, you know, what you said before, like you may have, you may have the worst day in the world and you wake up the next day and you're like, all right, like we can do better. Like we'll do better this time, you know? So, and that's always what brings me back to golf and, you know, what brings me back and, and, and for that, for, you know, mental health as well. And I think it's such an important thing that, you know, you're able to share and, and able to, you know, play these rounds and, and have this charitable cause that you're, you're able to give to, uh, to NAMI as well. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully next year, I want to do something a little bit different. Like I want to still do it at the course just because I know him, they all know me, like, the fact that they allow me to just jump on even during like the first year I did it was pretty much 4th of July weekend. And he (laughs) let me jump on one of the busiest times. And he said, yep, go ahead. Like it's all yours, whatever you want to do. And same thing this year, he let me jump on, you know, I had a few buddies jump or come in the morning, then they left. And I had a, a couple other buddies come for the very last round as well too. So, I mean, having that factor is awesome. But there's another part of me that wants to kind of do it a little bit bigger, like go to an actual course and get where I can actually stream just because where I'm at, it's kind of in the country. And for some reason, my signal just goes in and out. Like I'll have all the bars, everything. I'll even have their Wi-Fi every time or on sometimes, but it does, it can't signal boost far enough which I found out there's also signal boosters that you can get for your phone. So I might try that out too, to see if it works. Mm. But I wanted to do something where even if it's just a foursome or getting two foursomes to get eight people to link up at, you know, a golf course and do where it's not just 72 holes, because for me this year, it wasn't too bad. Like the first round was just practice, but the fact that I kept the other three rounds all under 80 was amazing for me. Like last year, I didn't. I can tell you that right now. I think I had one round that was like 76, and I think the other two were over 80, just because I was dying. Um, But next year, I want to do something where we can do like, you know, alternate shot or like a scramble or like different games inside. So you're not just sitting there hitting the ball for, you know, 240 shots, 270 shots, whatever it's going to take. So, Mm. no, it's, I mean, that sounds fantastic. I will say when you were uh, posting up kind of like the night videos, I will say like when you were on like on the last couple holes for, for, 
uh, going in. I think it was 17 and 18 where you just had the flashlights out and you're like, did you just tee off like and just be like, I hope this goes straight? <laughs> like, because if not, I may not find it tonight. You know what's really crazy? My, I don't know how my mind works like this. Like school, it never worked that way. Like I was pretty smart in school, but when it comes to golf, my mind is like a freak. Like I can tell you what a shot, what club I use, what distance I was at, the type of shot that I hit, everything like that. So those last two holes, when we teed off, I told everybody exactly where they were. Like I could tell just from the strike that no, I was off the toe, it's going left. Or it sounded more of a little like heel cut, so it's going to be on the right side, and that sure enough, that's what it was. So you're like you're you you and Matthew Fitzpatrick right there, like two piece one pod, like just being able. <laughs> no, to... he, he's way smarter than me, but <laughs> I've just I've played enough with those guys where I can just there's certain equipment that I can just tell what mm -hmm. the sound is because he uses the same driver as I do. Um, his irons are kind of like my old Mizuno. So I kind of know similar sounds of what it was too. So just by the sound, I could kind of tell where it was going to go. But yeah, those last two were hard, very hard. Well, actually I should say three. I parred two of them. I don't know how. And I think I doubled the par three because I think I've three jack. No, I have four jack. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Hunting in the dark is so much harder than you think. Uh, <laughs> it's no fun unless that's you're crazy. Well, that's we, we literally would, Jimmy's, uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We would take the phone. We would have our flashlight, and then we would take our divot tool or divot repair tool, stick it in the ground, mm -hmm. hold our phone up against that so it'd shine on here, and then we would have someone go towards the hole and shine on the hole. So that's your only light that you can see. So you had to guess which way the brakes. Luckily, I played there all the time, so I kind of knew. But yeah, I still forejected on that green. <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, when when you mentioned Mizuno, Timmy's eyes lit up like uh, like the Fourth of July because he is a huge. He is also. I I know you're playing Tacomos now, but he he is a he is our Mizuno guy. It is a cult. It's not a it's not as a big of a cult as Ping. But it is a cult, no matter what. It's a nice cult, though. Ping no, guys, not. Cult, if we're talking cults, that's PXG. That is true. That is true. And and P <laughs> and I mean, you see the P. I, we have we have friends of the program in the PXG cult, so I don't want to say it too bad. But I mean, most of the guys that I know that use PXG, I love them. So it's not like I'd say that very softly. But no, like just how pixie used to be that's pretty much what you could describe them as they're getting a lot better now and how they're making their clubs and how they're delivering them but yeah back then they were definitely a cult <laughs> i just love how it was started by the guy who founded godaddy.com and he was like well i'm bored like i'll make a golf company and he just yells at yells at us during his uh during his infomercials about how sexy his clubs are and i'm like it's an inanimate object, dude. It's it's not that sexy. Like, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also, from what I know, too, he was also, I think he was in the military, too. And that's the whole reason why every single club is has what it is. It's named after military, has all military numbers and stuff like that. Well, they also do a lot for military, too. But Yeah, they give, I know they give significant discounts for military guys, too, which is, uh, which is, I mean, it's fantastic. But <laughs> I do, I do agree. 
uh, uh, that 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 there there is a a little bit of a culty side to PXG as well. I still keep it at Ping though, because I swear, like every time you say one bad thing about Ping, just the comments, it, it's like an art. It's like they're ready. They're like they're sitting there and they're like, hold, brothers, hold. There hasn't been say a negative about a comment Scotty. about Scotty too. Say that about Scott. a Scotty. I have an Odyssey putter. I'll never not play an Odyssey putter because I ha- I've hit Scotty's before and I just don't, for some reason, I just don't like it as much as my Odyssey putter. Ooh. Old Nike. Into- Mike, you must love that. Definitely. Wow. Well, I was going to make a joke at the beginning of the uh, podcast when you said you had five two-lines. I was like, so what, other, what are the other nine clubs you're playing? <laughs> But it seems like, um, I've seems actually like done have, the challenge before too. It seems like you have a collection of a lot of a lot. I'm I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> How many Nike putters do you have? And there's one more after this one that. Oh my! Okay, God. so just so we're all clear, you do realize that Tiger Woods's Nike putters were all Scotty Camerons with Nike swooshes on them, correct? Like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Um... Well, one than... of the, I'm sorry, he had one that was like a legitimate because when he had the slingshots, he also had like a legitimate Nike Nike made manufactured putter, and then his slingshots were manufactured by Miura, and then like yeah. with the Nike swoop. They're all like that though. Like none of those clubs are actually like I feel like I I could go on I I do go on for days about professional clubs and like you're not hitting the same clubs as pros ever. No one is. They're so customized. Like mm-hmm. my brain goes nuts with it. Are you shit? Uh, are you shitting on this man's putters though? You, I mean, no, I'm not. That, that's an amazing collection. <laughs> the fact that he knows. That's, I mean, that's not even, time. there's one more putter and that's not even my game putter too. So I, <laughs> I have two, four, six. So I have seven Nike putters and the putter that I actually use is probably one of the most rarest putters out there. So it's an all one piece Nike unitized Leo putter. So from shaft down to the actual head is legit one piece runs through. Piece of metal. Wow. So you, you got to take extra care of that. Like, yeah, sometimes I almost forget. I'm like, yeah, Chuck, that you, thing. You, you can't do this because. <laughs> There's only like four of them that I've ever seen online, so we can't break this. <laughs> I mean, you can probably no, I don't, snap too. I've but. only snapped three, two clubs. One was for a video, and one was actually because I was pissed off during a match. During high school, I snapped a wedge because it ended up costing us like a point to actually win our match. And the other one was the video that I did in the dome where I just snapped one up because just to make that video that people like to blame their clubs and it's the club's fault and not them. So that was the whole reason why I snapped it. And so many people are commenting, dude, don't you think it's your swing? I'm like, dude, have you looked at all my videos? My swing's fine. I'm making this video just to break it. <laughs> oh, it was an old shaft. It, it wasn't up to par. I just wanted a, to break it was something. A Callaway club. I didn't care about it. <laughs> I do. I do have Callaway irons now. I will say that I used to have. Uh, so like they're the new like. Uh, I, I guess they're still te- they're the new Apexes. Um, I guess they're still like they're not game improvement, but they're like intermediates. Like they're thinner on the back. They're not straight blades, but they're thinner on the back. 
I used to have, and Mike knows that I used to have the old Cleveland's where I swear to God, my back cavity was like, like it was like, uh, and I was just like, I was like, like, why why is my pitching wedge? Why is my pitching wedge only going 110 yards? And then I hit like a, my, my new ones. And I hit my pitching wedge, like 135, 140. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, no, the new technology. Plus I don't have this entire cavity on the back of my club that slows me down. This is good. So my first set of clubs were my dad's dad's club. So my grandpa's, they were the old Jack Nicklaus Wilson's, I think. So we're talking butter knife blades in that's actual like 70s, right? Those things are sick though, right? And the actual wood woods. Like the persimmons? How, how, old, how old were you? How, how'd that separation go between you and them? Like, didn't you want to hold on to them and keep playing them? Oh, I still have them. So funny fact, um, those were my first clubs. And when my swing is actually garbage, I'll go back to hitting those because they're legit. You know, I'm talking yeah. like that thin on top and probably maybe that wide. So, I mean, if, if you miss, you miss. <laughs> yeah, they, they teach you right away what you're doing wrong. And when you can hit those, you can pretty much hit anything. Mm. But I mean, yeah, those were my first clubs. And then once I bought that two iron, I kind of got rid of the actual woods. And then I just went out and bought some cheap driver that I didn't care because it's not like I was going to use it anyways. I think I bought it at um, Minnesota has like a huge Minnesota sale at like the convention center or whatever. And I just went and bought like a random cheap driver just to throw in my bag. Was it a Nike Sumo? Was it a Nike Sumo? No, but I did have that driver. So my first ever square. Oh, my first ever set of clubs that I bought myself were the Nike Sumo Squatches, the twos. Gotcha. And I did have the screwdriver. (laughs) That thing, I think, I think they made it elite. Like, um, I think the tour made it illegal because it was too big or like something like. I forget what happened, but like people took it out of their bags because it was legitimately like too big and too square i think technically it was like 480 and you can only have 460 i believe it was something uh, like that this is a wilson nine iron i don't know it says bang pro on it on the back here i'll be right back i think i have one down here this uh, is this is my mom's set i freaking love these clubs these old wilson's like it's unbelievable how oh like this is like the most comfortable my, my neighbor said you should bring it out i hit it really good in the backyard you should bring it out on the course and i don't know why i don't i did one time and actually did pretty good with it i feel like they're in every garage set of golf clubs like at least one wilson that that insane. wilson's and and like 1980s mcgregor's too because that's when nicholas bought out like nicholas bought mcgregor and he started doing all the cuss and he started like building mcgregor into like a big company back in the 80s and 90s so you see a lot of uh those my dad had an old set of like john jacobs like and they were old <laughs> what do we so, got here oh my god that's so that is, that a, is that a, is that a wilson or uh so freewood it's a power bite or built power bite. it is power like citation or whatever so actual wood and like wiring 
225. And then Barry. this was 225. So they're Barry actually McGre- they're McGregor's. They're not Wilson's. Okay, but I was wrong. Yeah, that's all right. That was uh, that was Jack when Jack bought out. Jack bought McGregor, I think, in like the the eight the seventies or the eighties or something like that. So that's probably why they're fucking beautiful, though. Those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then here you guys go. Oh, there they are. Oh, that's the squatch. No, that's my first ever two iron. Oh, oh my god, that's terrific. Look at that. That thing is so skinny too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why Nike stopped making golf clubs. That's the worst thing they ever could have done. Well, the I I know the reason why they did it, um, but they never should have stopped making wedges and putters. They were onto something with all their wedges and putters. Probably the best clubs I've ever used. I used to use. I still have their wedges, and I'll go back. Oh, actually. I forgot and brought that set in here. So the spin tour velocities. These were probably the best wedges I've ever used in my life, just because of how heavy the head is and the way that they um developed the balance. Everything was just perfect on it. It took me six, seven years to figure out a new wedge. And I finally went with Vokies. It was the closest thing I could find just with the heaviness of it. Yeah, it, it it wedges are. I just got. I went to Club Champion. Talk about breaking clubs. I'll, uh, sitting down, seeing the invoice. I'll never snap or break a club again. Like the shafts, the head, like everything's crazy. But yeah. those guys, I know they like to upcharge a lot too. Yeah, I had. Uh, I got the tailor made. There, it was expensive for sure. I got the tailor made um, wedges, but they got like a little fat thickness on the back. It's it's definitely different. Did you get the mill grind threes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. it's hard to tell, like hitting on a mat in, inside, but. Um... See, that that's my biggest thing. I wish we had a lot more places around here that did fittings outside. Right. Because I don't care what my fitting is inside. That's not going to tell me anything. Right. Because one, I hate hitting on simulators because mm-hmm. I know I'm steep. So on simulators, it's going to. Um, read way more spin coming off that turf because I can spin a hell of a ball off the turf more than grass yeah that's interesting because I stepping up to the the simulator at club champion like 15 20 yard pulls like shot after shot like so I'm aiming like right side of the rough like uh, that's how like how I was had to set up like to hit like shots in the fairway but uh no, I ended up pulling the trigger and the rest is history. We're out here battling with 13 new clubs. I kept the putter because it's a Spalding, TP Mills Spalding putter. We'll never let it go. What irons did you get? I got the Hogan's. Um, okay. Were they the Pro Edge or something? But right before they ended up giving up on golf. They they took them up. Is, did they stop making uh, irons now? Because I... Someone at Top Golf said that they took them off the shelf. Yeah, Ben Hogan just—I don't know if they filed bankruptcy or just said we're done. They're but they're done making clubs now. Oh, that's too bad. All right, I'll have to. That's those are going to be. Those a, are those are some, those <laughs> are like McGregor's. You got to hold on forever now. Twenty seventy. Those are going to be the. You guys didn't archive. hear that? No, I I, I did uh, hear something about the Hogan's being taken off the shelf, but I didn't um, know that they were going bankrupt. I don't, I don't know if it was really bankrupt. I think it was just 
they weren't selling anymore because nobody, you know, wanted them. Gotcha. Um, well, I, I, I was striping them on <laughs> 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 turf. <laughs> they yeah, look, so it was July 26th. They yeah. closed down. Hell yeah. I went on like the seventh <laughs> or no, 11th. <laughs> You got the last. You got the last ever Ben Hogan's, Mike. Hey, they could be the new Nikes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I was give it say, give it ten years. Everything's going to be triple in value. I will say you can you see like slingshots on night like full set slingshots from Nike now. Like those things are going like crazy, like online. If I wanted to, if I wanted to make a lot of money. I have the three iron of this mm-hmm. with an upgraded shaft. I could probably sell it for 500 bucks if I wanted to. Yeah. That's how ridiculous Nike clubs are on are going for. Really? Dave black, black sale, black sale might just buy it straight from you. <laughs> Cause he's still, he's still got his Nikes. <laughs> I will never, no, I will never get rid of Nike clubs anymore. I was so stupid. I'm mad that I got rid of some of the ones that I did. Hmm. Mm, interesting yeah i was never a huge nike fan but i know like they're I, I i always just judged them from their woods which i know were like okay not great but i all, now all i hear about is how great the irons and the wedges were so that's impressive uh, yeah i've only ever used maybe one or two woods that i actually liked from nike otherwise yeah i didn't really think their drivers or three woods were decent at all mm-hmm. I, I mean the only reason why i picked up nikes because i went from baseball to golf so it's like i didn't know anything dude i didn't get my first lesson until i was 30 yeah no i mean nike is just where it's at like you always know what you're like if you rock rock that swoosh on anything like you're you're legit you're just hoping that everything (laughs) was good at that point (laughs) covering up my covering up my adidas over here making sure that no one can see my adidas shirt so you know we put that put that back here Oh, I will say that the, the, the new Adidas, the DJ, the DJ shoes from Adidas are very, very comfortable though. So I know everyone loves Nike stuff, but Adidas makes good golf stuff too, guys. Okay. I will admit Adidas does make good golf shoes. Yeah. I mean, I you them. really, you really can't go wrong now with golf shoes. I feel like all of them, they all cost $300. They're all like, you're walking on kittens and clouds. They're all comfortable as can be. I mean, I wear them everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got mine in my backpack right now because I almost warmed up work accidentally today. I, was like, I, wear all, I wear all my golf clothes to work except mm. for shoes. That's literally all my or all my um, golf pants, all my golf polos. That's what I wear to work. Quarter yeah. zips. I oh, literally perfect. had them on this morning and I was walking out and like I had, luckily I just had a pair of sneakers in my backpack and I was like halfway walking to work and I looked down and I realized, oh crap, I put the wrong pair of Adidas on. <laughs> and I put my my Adidas golf shoes, my spikeless golf shoes instead of my sneakers on. And I was like, okay. And luckily I opened up my backpack and they were and my sneakers were right there. So I was like, somehow this worked out. <laughs> oh man. I don't want to say this, but I, I got khaki, khaki golf shoes. I, I wore them to a funeral the other day. It was just, you know, comfortable, matched my, my bottoms and, you know, they're, they're true golf. 
they're so comfortable. Was the departed uh, a golfer? He wasn't, but I he great great uh good athlete, just wonderful uh dad to a really good friend that I know, and I know he he was the man. He, he I <laughs> I took a I did a little fib on Monday actually to golf with with Nancy Monroe. I I. I know Bob and Troni, when I got that text from your mom, Brennan, would have definitely wanted me to go play golf instead of sit mm. behind a, a work desk. So I I said uh, It's always better. It's a, always better to go play golf and sit behind a work desk. <laughs> Hopefully my coworkers and bosses aren't listening, but took the afternoon. I was just up. about to say, do we have to do we have to make our first official Duffin up cut out of no. the podcast? I, I'm I'm a, I'm in sales. I, I think I hit my numbers this month. So I think we're good. We're good. Oh man, that is hilarious. All right. Well, Daniel, we, Daniel, we really appreciate it. We got a couple, uh, we do kind of a couple rapid fire uh, questions to end. And so I will turn these over to Timbo. Tim, take it away. Kind sir. Danny boy, simple question. Mm -hmm. First one. Do you have any hole in ones? No, no. What is it? 21, 22 years without any hole in ones. Yeah. We're still, still chasing aces right now. Dude, I've, I've been so close so many times. I just you know, doesn't want to go in. Did you see the picture of of the ball? Did you see the – it was like an Instagram thing and a TikTok thing where it was like legitimately in the hole, but it was like embedded. And everyone was like, no, not a hole in one. And I'm like, technically, yes, not a hole in one. Seriously thinking about counting that. <laughs> I pr Honestly, I probably wouldn't. For me, I wouldn't. It yeah. always, I would know. It always would be an asterisk in my head. Right. Golf, letter of the rule. You got letter of the law. And that's mm -hmm. also good karma. Some good, uh, I know we always say we're golfers are very superstitious. So if you don't count that, you know, you know, your one is right down the road for sure. The worst is when it's like I've one of your buddies. 20 years. Where's my one? <laughs> You'll count one in a scramble. You'll count one. Like if you play in like nine holes, like, is that, or you, you have to count. Is that how would you define a hole in one? Like, you, if we play a hole on Friday and we Timmy holes out on par three, six hole, is that does that count? I think that counts. I mean, as long as it's your first shot, first you know, shot. box, like I don't see <laughs> what, why it wouldn't count during a scramble or yeah, anything like that. I mean, why why wouldn't you count it at a par three course too? A lot of right. them are legit par threes. I mean, unless if you're at like one of those chipping putts where it's only hundred yards. 60 yards i would just call it a hole out i wouldn't call it a hole in one mm. but obviously if i'm posted it on like instagram or tiktok i'm gonna call it all in one just to piss <laughs> people off and see how many comments i can get from it that's actually a good point too like you, the hater you, brigade would be so strong so <laughs> strong <laughs> you're thinking like 65 like 65 77 hopefully you can play this game you know 80 85 who knows but like if you're on your couple last legs maybe you just you know get a membership to a local par three and just play it all the time and hope to get your one you know i'm only asking for one i've been asking that for 20 years <laughs> i got people that legit just started you know a couple of years ago and they have already hit a hole in one it's yeah. like dude wait your turn like right. that's not fair i don't care how old you are you just started <laughs> all right i want you to peek outside i want you to look at your backyard 
Mm-hmm. And I want you to picture a hole being there. I want you to picture your favorite hole, either a hole that exists in your local community or a hole that you have seen on TV at the PGA Tour. What is your favorite hole that you would want to play in your backyard? You can play it over and over again. It has all the scenery at whatever, the ocean, the mountains, whatever that comes with it on the actual course. Which hole are you picking? So it's actually a real hole at Hitting Greens. It is a par four. It's about 300 and let's just say 320 or 340. You go straight at the green. It's about 290, 300. But it's... Mainly a dogleg left, um, green is slanted back to front like this. Um, left side of the green is all trees. Down the whole left side is all trees. It's a split fairway. So you got water that sits right at about 150 to 140 mark. So it's a split fairway. So if you hit a fat shot, you're going in the water. Um, there's trees on the right side as well guarded too so i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty narrow fairway you got a creek running through the fairway and then you also it wraps back around and actually runs right in front of the green as well oh my god I was... uh, what's the course called hitting greens. hitting greens so here i'll what do you do what's the play i just always hit two iron because i mean it's far enough for me two iron will get me to anywhere between like a uh, hundred and five to some days I can get it to 65 just depending on how hard the course is like the actual fairways if it's rolling or not oh, that's or if a- there's wind wind in my face um Instagram I just gotta go to my archives here because I'm pretty sure I posted a picture of it not too long ago um Otherwise, there is one other hole on that course that I would love to have in my backyard. Um, I know it's going to be kind of hard to see. But so that's in front of the green. Yeah. So oh, there's a creek that beautiful. runs all the way through. Yeah. And there's a bridge that's that like goes. A... Ah, that's like a... like a Donald Ross almost. Like one of those like... Uh you know instead of it being um instead of it being like a a bunker though like with all the stilts and everything that thing is beautiful yeah it it wraps i think it's three quarters around so it's on from the front left all the way to like the back right corner is all water as well so if it hits and spins too hard you go back into the water i can't i can't you gotta go like that way with it yeah I think so. Yeah, it looks yeah, like Yeah, there's that. a creek that runs in front and yeah, left to right. And so where the tee boxes are, yeah, you can so when you see where the tee boxes are, you see it's just trees straight up along the left side and they're tall enough where you overcook it, you're screwed. You get stuck in any of those trees, you got to either punch out to here or try to play up one and then come up over top, which is absolutely stupid because if you play up one, and try to land it on that green 90 times or i would say 90 percent of the time you're going in the water you don't get yeah, one in your backyard you only get you know you, you only get what hole is that two 
No, that, you that's can the count the oh, first yeah, stairway you, if you, you wouldn't want. Have the, you wouldn't have the one whole. I'm just joking. We've right. never, on, we dance. have never stated that. <laughs> I forgot that. about that. <laughs> we have never stated that. We have never stated you don't get okay. Butting stairway inbounds. Yeah, you just don't get a hole at the first hole. You get a fairway. <laughs> uh, which one is this? I know he does drive-bys. I want to see if I can find one of that hole. Otherwise, if you guys have seen, this is my second favorite hole um, on that course. So it's a longer par four. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. The, the thing is where that water is. Yeah. Is pretty much, I would say, the average amateur driving distance. So it's around 250 to 260 if you don't play a cut. And those are tall weeds and stuff. And if you go too far left, there's overhanging trees that you have to hit a huge draw to a back to front sloping green that has a huge slope down to water. Otherwise, if you hit it too far right, there's about a hundred foot huge oak tree sitting right in the middle that you got to go up and over. Sounds like a percent <laughs> par four. Sounds sounds, sounds like a piece of sounds like a piece of cake right there. Tin cup. He's not going to go under it. He's not going to go around it. He's going to go over it with a nice seven iron. Actually, that's, that's typically what it is. It goes two <laughs> iron to a seven iron <laughs> into the green. I'm pumped to play Swansea Country Club on Friday. Pretty simple. Oh, <laughs> pretty simple Muni. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Timbo, we got one we got the uh we want to do the island one or do we want to do uh cake versus pie again <laughs> i'm so into that <laughs> all right every every answer i i had a party this weekend do not judge us do not judge us on this question because it is not golf related but it is possibly the silliest yet funniest question i think of ever. i don't think i've heard it yet oh you haven't oh it's when you weren't on last week Oh, that's right. You would not believe it how split these answers are. We took a poll throughout the entire party at my work and everything like that. It's like 50-50. It's incredible, the answers. All right. Dan and Mike, do you think a pie would be more offended to be called a cake? Or do you think a cake would be more offended to be called a pie? Exactly. Exactly. Take offended to be called a pie. Why? Everyone's reasons are amazing. They're all, they're never the same. I I don't really have a reason. I would say the same, <laughs> but I can't think of a reason. I think just because of like, hey. I think the only reason I can think of is just because of how you decorate it and all that kind of stuff. Because pies are just simple. I mean, it's just pie and then maybe some whipped cream on it but cake like there's cake so like many different layers there's so many different kinds that you you can throw onto it that would be my only my only thing is how you design a cake maybe how you define a cake too like there's a lot like pancakes or just a cake like you know. <laughs> that's Where, true yeah. like bump cakes cupcakes yeah. you got all so, that now what's so, a cake my, fir but, my first thought was to the regular cake but that's the other thing. Why do we call it a cupcake? It's not That's even close to a cake. It's a muffin. It's a muffin. Exactly. With <laughs> Why do we call it a cupcake? <laughs> it's a I think most of the time, too, I like cake more. So, like, 
See, I only like cake if it's ice cream cake. Otherwise, I'm, I'm eating say, pie. I actually like pie more. Than, I like most pies before. I would go like a know. blueberry pie. I would probably go blueberry pie over most cakes. I feel like you know what you're going to get more with cakes than pies. Some pies. Oh, hard be- disagree. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a bad apple pie? I was yeah. Just about yeah. To say. I think I have. Yeah. America was based on baseball. Did you cook it or what? <laughs> no, no, like store bought. Store bought. I'm, I'm thinking store bought. Like you can, I don't, I'm thinking store bought cake versus store bought pie. I've well, never had a bad apple pie though. I've never had a bad apple pie. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I, I want to know the other question, though. Yeah, oh, no, uh, we're, we're getting there. But, like, uh, we just need to take, like, a couple seconds to be like, how is, Michael, how have you had a bad apple pie? <laughs> and even if the apple pie is bad, you cover it up with ice cream. That's the whole that reason. That's also true. Well, what if, so how can you ever have a bad apple pie? <laughs> you've never, you're not, you've, I don't know if you've ever talked to a bigger ice cream person than me. I'm a huge ice cream guy. Matt, you and Matt Boland, two, the, the, I have seen Michael and Matt and my cousin Matt eat a gallon of ice cream each just in sittings. Just, just going, going. Like it's nuts. Know. Okay. But we're not throwing, you can't throw ice cream in here now because I'm having a, Ice cream every day. You can have a dry cake and you can throw ice cream on it too. Yes. If yeah. Okay. You but can still, have cake I've, I've never cream. really had a bad apple pie. So yeah, okay. I don't I don't know. I, I guess maybe there's some bad, bad I, I mean, pork. I guess the only way you could have a bad apple pie is if you left it in there way too long. Because then sometimes the actual like filling apple. Yeah. yeah. A little mushy, a little eh. Well, I mean, you want the mushy, but like the actual crust part is dry, and that's where it's like not yeah. everything yeah. tastes good. Ooh. So maybe, but I've never had one. <laughs> this, Before, may be, this may be controversial, but I think I like cold apple pie better than hot apple pie. If I don't have ice cream, yes. Okay. If you have ice cream, you're going hot apple pie, so the ice cream melts. So it's uh, it's a hundred percent like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cold apple pie without ice cream, hot apple pie with ice cream. See, I know we have one last question, but I'm kind of in on like this whole pie thing. <laughs> one pie you can get rid of. We're doing one one second to last question. One pie you can get rid of. What pie you getting rid of? My my answer will surprise everyone, but at the same time, I think it's a thousand percent correct. Pecan. Okay. Yeah, mine's pecan because that's really like the only pie I don't even like. So I don't care if it's off the mm. board. I'm out. I'm guessing yeah. you're saying French silk. No, pumpkin. Oh, I, I guess just recently started liking pumpkin. I'm a non pumpkin pie so now. So out, I'm just so out on pumpkin everything and like. What? Oh yeah, see New England like, be, be, I I think apple is such a better flavor than pumpkin. Period. But yeah. like, is pumpkin pie a Thanksgiving pie or a Christmas pie? Oh. oh, it's a Thanksgiving pie. <laughs> but, but what is it more? All right. We're, we're going to turn into the Duff and Pie podcast soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do have but one another thing. It just took me till this year to actually start liking cheesecake. Or like, it took like, me. It took I've, me had bad, I've had bad cheesecake. I've had bad cheesecake. Welcome right. to the correct. Welcome to the correct side. Welcome to I love cheesecake. I, I think I would eat. I think that is my 100%. I think, and a good like uh, cheesecake from 
like a legit like the cheesecake factory i do consider legit because the cheesecakes there are fantastic but like if you go to a bakery that knows how to make it and you get like either just a regular cheesecake or if you get like an oreo or a marble cheesecake it is mm, mm. Mm. all i need is like the new york style maybe a little strawberry on top it's dynamite you got to cut this podcast in half and then just do part two <laughs> pie <laughs> no right pie versus cake pies and cakes hey pies. we got i want to hear the answer to this next next question yes. so we yeah. do have our last last question daniel timbo take it away all right dan you are stranded you're stranded on an island stranded on an island you have unlimited golf balls unlimited pro v1s tpx's whatever you use in your golf bag but you can only bring one club which club are you bringing two iron which one though yeah which one <laughs> that's a better question right like instead of it just being a two iron which two iron are you bringing um is it two iron i don't want to give any answers it, it is two iron yeah i would probably say it would have to be between my mizuno and Sirixon right now the only reason why is because that one, I don't like the offset on it. So it's a little weirder on certain shots that I can hit. Um, just because I don't know if you guys have seen, I can legit flop shot two irons. I can do all that kind of stuff with two irons. So that's why I would do more of a my Mizuno or Sirixon because obviously the gapper, too much of a cavity back or whatever you want to call it. Um, my other one which is kind of like my black ones. It's a silver and yellow Nike one. Um, that one, kind of the same thing. It's a little bit harder to do flop shots. So those two, just because of the different shop shapes and stuff that I can hit with them. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. We knew, we knew which, we knew the club, but we made it a little bit more difficult on that <laughs> side. Do we want, no, I was about to say, are we back in on pies already? But uh, <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, everyone, please go follow DRAZ Golf on Instagram, on TikTok, on his YouTube page. It's absolutely fantastic content. It is not like our silly content. It is actual good golf, and it's impressively good golf. Uh, so. <laughs> for the most part maybe one or two bad stingers here and there maybe you should start throwing those in though just to just to keep yourself grounded no i'm, I'm not on the grounded <laughs> side but to keep uh coming back i just did not too long ago i threw on it might have been two videos ago where it's me you know how i do all my escapes going through trees and stuff i just Saw threw on where, bad escape. You know, i was like i was like okay he's not immortal like he, he he's he's secretly one of us <laughs> I hit trees every now and then. Oh, man. Well, Daniel, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank thanks you. for having me, guys. Great time. Absolutely.